Good evening, and welcome to Open Air, and good evening, Ashwini. Well, good afternoon, Michael. <laughs> good afternoon, Ashwini. Good to have you here. <laughs> I have an announcement here. Okay. We are often bamboozled into living our lives according to ego schedule rather than our hearts. Our Compassionate Scheduling Workshop, Sunday, November 5th, will explore ways to create structures that support the human to dance to life's rhythms. The workshop is by donation. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders. Yes. Just that we have a a follow-up to the sexuality email class scheduled for the 29th of October. So, yes, follow up. Just in case discussion. people didn't get that. Pardon? Yeah, yeah follow up uh, group phone call discussion for those who are in the sexuality yes. mm-hmm. email class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, October 29th, mm-hmm. did you say? Yes, yes, October 29th. Wonderful. And a few reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is fabulous. And I think we're ready here, Ashwini. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael. It's Mark in Chicago. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hi. You know, I wanted to call... <clears throat> Excuse me. With a follow-up on that on that conversation you and I had about the uh, experience with the animals that I have, I've listened to that mm-hmm. uh, recording of that previous call probably you know a hundred times, and uh, I, I'd like to go a little further with that and get some more guidance on how to actually uh, help myself be there with myself, you know, to to experience what's going on. Okay. And so, Mark, do you have a, a, a sense of where you are in listening to the recording? Yeah, I was, I was confused by a couple of things. One is, um, it, you know, of course, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but it, you said maybe comfort was not what I needed to provide myself when I was talking about what the recordings mm-hmm. I was doing was doing. And then uh-huh. we talked about how how the process. Uh, the, the process that I wanted to pursue was establishing the steps that a lot that would allow myself to know that it was okay to open up and to allow mm-hmm. myself to experience what was happening without being drawn in and identified with the, the trauma and all the things that were happening or uh-huh. I was imagining happening. Uh-huh. So what happens when you do? I'm assuming you record about it. Is that what happens yes. when you record about it? That you, when you record about it, you become the person in the situation, and it's difficult to disidentify from that? Or is it not yes. possible to even get in touch with what's going on for you in the situation? It's, it's pretty easy to get in touch with what's going on. The, the thing that um, happens is that I, I so quickly 
go back to what happened to me when I was a kid that I, I just can't, uh, you know, I can't walk that, that line that to me looks like a very fine line right now between being with myself with, you know, with the experience and descending into having the whole experience over again. Mm-hmm. It's almost like what they talk about with PTSD, right? Because you, as soon as you hear the sound or of something, yes. then it, you're right back in the trauma rather than being able to be stepped outside of it looking at it. So yes. now, now let's, just, let's just break this down a little bit. So let's assume you pick up the recorder and you're the right hand and you're talking about what's going on. When you're talking about what's going on, are you, do you find yourself being the kid and talking about what happened? Do you find yourself being the kid or do you find yourself talking about what happened to you when you were a kid? Uh, I, I find myself experiencing what I did when I was a kid. And can you talk from that place? Like you can say what's going on for you in that place. I was terrified. I mean, okay. Uh, can, Great. Can I talk okay. about? Yeah. Yeah. So, can you talk about? Um, do you, when you so, for example, when I'm on in the right hand, are you saying something like, "I was terrified," or "I'm actually terrified right now"? What is the what is the what is the experience on the in the right hand? The experience is that. I mean, a part of it is I'm almost ashamed to be so terrified because I'm old. You know, I mean, I, I understand children being terrified, but adults being terrified of something that happened 60 years ago seems, uh, you know, I mean, I know this is ego talking, but it just, that's where it takes well, me is, why are you still... But, but hang on, Mark, that's really important as an insight, right? Because if you if you're if you're ashamed then you're not having the experience of what, what's going on with you when you're with, some, with an animal. What you are is from speaking from an identification of shame. Is that accurate? Yes, I think that's, a, I think that's accurate in that it captures one dim, you know, a dimension of what's going on. Okay. And it's, so, it's confusing yes. enough for me that I'm not sure I know what's going on. <laughs> That's, well, that's good because that, that's the whole point, right? We're attempting to bring into conscious awareness of, of what, what is a knotted ball of karma, right? And so if, what, if there's one dimension that you, have con, you, you are conscious about, which is the shame, then you, that's the portal that you then explore first because it's the closest available to you. So you could pick up the recorder and talk about Shame. It's like talk about what is the experience of shame. Why do I feel ashamed? And then have the left hand listen to that. And from that perspective, what you're bringing—that's a way to work with it, right? Because if it feels extremely complex and you can't undo the threads, then you work with whatever the experience is that you're encountering in 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 the in the recording exercise. So you're talking about shame. Okay. So now I'm going to switch to the right hand and go, well, I'm, you know, 60 years old and I shouldn't be ashamed of it and I'm ashamed of it because, ha-ha, uh-huh, and this is what, this, what is shame and what do I feel and where do I feel it in my body and what are the voices saying? And you can actually do a two-handed recording exercise to get, to, get past the layer of shame. You witness the shame with loving kindness 
Bala our year-long assignment this morning. Because whatever it is, because what you're, what you're really closing in on is you're not allowed to have the experience. There is no witnessing without condemnation that, uh, that's possible for you, so we can't ever get past the survival ego layer here. So, so here's the deal. So, you know, my dad thought I was a sissy, so he made me watch him kill animals. And I... Say that again, you know, Mark. I didn't hear you. You're what was my, a sissy? My, my, my dad, when I was little, he thought I was a sissy. A sissy. And so okay. he made me watch him kill animals. Okay. So that's what happened. That's how I got there. And and so the, you know, I mean, the, the purpose of what he did was to make me like immune in some perverted sense to the pain that an animal would experience. And all it did was horrify me. And so I think at the core of the thing is being so little and imagining what this animal is going through. And now I'm still imagining it. And you know, that's that's the big part, I think, of what's going on. Uh-huh. Well, you could take a different tack. And again, right, Mark, you want to explore this in a bunch of different ways, right? So mm-hmm. you could basically look at it and go, well, does it make it a sissy? Does it, does it, what is true? You are, what is true for you? You're not a sissy for not being able to watch an animal be slaughtered makes you highly sensitive. And so yes. you choose to, choose to have your attention on what is true, not on what, it, what is the story. So that's another option for you when, you when you encounter that, right? So if you can't reach the suffering that is, that is going on and reassure or comfort or be with that person, Part of what you can do is to step back and go, wait a second, I know what, what from, from this perspective of awareness, I can tell what's going on here. This is what my dad did or whatever, it doesn't matter, and it, it made me horrified, and I still have terrible imaginings about what's going on uh, with the animal, but it's really me being terrified and me attempting to have an experience with somebody who's terrified, which you can get through in steps if you're working with it on the two, through the two-handed recording, but the steps are various steps, right? Because first you have to encounter the shame, and then you've got to encounter the anger, and then you've got... There's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to record to get past it, get past it emotionally. But if it's available to you from a centered perspective, you can just look at it and go, that happened, that happened. And it isn't true. You, you're, you're, you are a sensitive human being who basically, you know, to, totally kind of relates to or projects to the cruelty that is being done to another human creature and chooses not to participate in that end of story. Mm-hmm. So the key insight for me in this is that this is a thing I can do a step at a time. There's a part of this. I can take one part at a time and work on it and examine it and practice with it. And I don't have to, I don't have to solve the whole problem at once. Well, it sounds like you can't. 
right? And that's yeah. the reality yeah. that you're expecting, you're expecting yeah. which, is, which, is a right. process, which is a process in itself that, that what ego says is somehow or the other, this, this thing that you've been carrying with you for so long should be, should be easy to resolve. And, it, and at some level it is, right? Because you and I can have this conversation and you and I can agree that if we look at what happened, what happened from the perspective of a mature awareness practitioner, the truth is X. Okay, well, if that's what I, choose, that's what I can turn my attention to every single time a conversation comes up about this. And if I find myself in it, in that terrified place, what I need to be able to do is to be with the terror, to witness the terror in loving kindness. That's the process movement you're attempting to make, but it doesn't come in one step, as you said. You know, you, the, whatever level of resistance arises from, uh, that prevents you from being present with the terror, that's what you get to be present with in that step of the recorder. And then go past it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very helpful, though. The one other thing you said in the last previous conversation was that it's, not, it's certainly not happening to the animal, it's happening to me. And so can, can you clarify a little bit what, so if I see even an animal get a shot, like we have to hire the, a vet to come and give the goats shots because I can't do it. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and the aspect of that is I'm imagining the pain this goat's going through with this little tiny needle getting stuck in them to get vaccinated. And is where do you see that fitting in this process? Is that going to just fall away when I can sort through all this other stuff, or is that a different part of this? Well, I actually don't know the answer to that, Mark. You'll find out. But okay. it's, but here's the thing, right? What can you so, – so you know that – so first of all, it seems karmic that you are in relationship to animals and this is what you, you have been, you've been put in this, into a circumstance where you're being forced to confront this every, every day. It's a daily yes. thing for you, right? Yes. I mean, yes. so uh, just the, the irony of that is something that we've got to pause to appreciate, right? Because the workshop is a yeah. constant workshop. And the yeah. second yeah. is, okay, so then, so in order to relieve this animal from uh, pain, you are going to have to have someone come and do this. Thank God. Thank God ego is not making you make it a contest where you're supposed to go out and do it yourself, right? So at least somebody else comes and does it, right? And so then you can use that as a training uh, uh, instance or training event to say, now I could be, I could be sitting here suffering horribly because my attention is going to a conversation that is all about imagining what that, that animal is go, what's happening to that animal outside while I'm sitting here in my sitting room trying to avoid that situation, right? So you yes. can, it could be an exercise to, to say, I choose unconditional love, I choose unconditional love, I choose unconditional love as a way, as a, as a training process, not to, not, not to let the story be what has your attention. Or at that moment, you can take out the recorder and say, I'm, I'm here with you, Mark. I understand that, that uh, conditioned mind is throwing horrible things at you uh, and horrible imaginings. We're, we're here together. Whatever it is that you need 
to stay present with yourself rather than be imagining what's going on with that animal. Because what's really going on with the animal, you don't know. All you know is is that you're listening to a conversation and conditioned mind about what's going on with that animal. And the payoff of listening to that conversation is suffering. So in that moment, when it's happening out there, outside, you can actually practice directing the attention to what you choose to be with yourself in that moment. You don't have to be terrified. It's completely fine. Let's be here together. It's in the living room. Let's look at what the tree, let's have our attention here now, present and not on a conversation about imagined suffering. Because the only suffering that's happening there is yours. Yeah. The animal is actually being being kindly put out of its suffering. Right. Well, that's a great insight. Yeah, that's just a way of ego taking away my attention from what what I could have it on and putting it on something crazy in my mind. Precisely, and reinforcing the pattern, right? Because it's not you. You actually can't know what was going what is going on for that animal, and the and actually the only way you know anything at that moment is because it's being told to you and you're attending to it. It's like a program gets turned on, attention goes to that, that's my, all the cascading sensations in my body are already coded into the program. And there it is. There's my suffering on cue. Right, 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 great. That's You need to helpful. call the vet to put an end to that. Yes. All righty. Boy, that's great. Okay. Let us know. Keep us posted, okay? Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Good night. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And uh, Ashwini, what I appreciate, one of the many things I appreciate about our practice is the deep looking and the consistent, persistent looking and willingness. Uh, It's very inspiring to me. Yes. Especially at the at the at what's so real for us, right? It's our circumstances. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And Ashwini, we're going to break here for a good news update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. And Jen, I saw your guest here earlier. And I'm not seeing her in this moment. Okay. Well, my guest is actually close by, so let me see what might be the case in one sec. Okay. I saw her by her first name, not by her phone number in the queue here. Working it out, Michael. You know what? Let's go old school. I've got my guest right here next to me. So okay. here we go. Very good. Here go. <laughs> I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Anna, who is here to speak with us about a very fun topic, which is the broad process application of pickleball as played in practice. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Jen. So I'll let you really give kind of the background on it, but you know, Sherry's talked a couple times about pickleball as played in practice. 
you've had the experience and were so inspired about an allusion to it when, at one point during a sexuality workshop that you wrote in and talked about how you've been practicing with it in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about we start with laying out the process and principles of practice pickable, how it works, um, which is that it's a process of non-separation <laughs> and it's a process of we play and when we get a good rally going, we all get a point. So it's a we process. It's a practice of we and it's the you know the the spiritual principle of we're not in well-being until we're all in well-being and nobody wins unless we all win right so it's not the imaginary dualistic world of me versus you right wrong good bad win lose fail succeed right and the thing that's so fun about it is, and I know I, you're probably going to bring this in too, but it actually, in our experience, it ups the skill level, mm-hmm. right? Because you're playing for the whole team, not for yeah. yourself. Yep. It ups the skill level. And when I experienced it, um, what it made me realize is that I had not played like that, just pure played for decades. <laughs> And I had not realized that that flavor of deep play, just pure point of play, had not been part of my life. And now it is. And what I heard the guy talk about in the sexuality workshop was, you know, if only all of life could be like practice uh, pickleball. And what I took away with me when I played practice pickleball is, huh, Okay, I know this place now. I've just touched into it in a really big way. How can all of life be like practice pickleball? And I was just about to go back into the classroom to start a new academic year. And I was like, okay, life, how can we make each class be like practice pickleball? And it's exactly what you said, Jen, about how it ups the game for all of us. Because it seems to me that we're so conditioned that the process of learning is a process of separation, right? And it's all of those dualities, right? Succeed, fail, pass, fail, like that, on and on and on. Good, bad, right, wrong. And, um, and that we're so conditioned that learning has to be, okay, you are served a shot, and the, the way you get better, in quotes, the way you go from not enough to enough is that you keep getting served shots that you can't hit, right? And it's, just, and it's just miserable. And instead, my experience is that it's like, it's like <laughs> facilitating, being at the front of the classroom and always serving shots that the students can hit, which doesn't mean that it's not, I mean, because, you know, conditioning can say, well, that's just easy, but it's actually not. It's, it's like, you know, we talk about that, that spiritual principle. If a workshop is here in my life, it's because I'm adequate to it. So life always serves as shots that we can hit, even though it might not feel like it, but it's that call and response, that communion, that non-separation. So to get really specific and concrete, some of the ways that that um, has been looking like is, okay, so one of the classes I teach is an intensive language class. We, make, we meet five days a week, 50 minutes a day, and you cannot take your eye off the ball for a second with that class. 
And, uh, you know, like with anything in life, depending on where attention is, it can either be a party or a total nightmare slog. And I have experienced the latter. And now I don't <laughs> because of the practicable principles and process, right? There's so many P's in this conversation. <laughs> so, for example, the students get a list of phrases that we're all training with. And every time somebody uses one of our new phrases, we all get a point. <laughs> right? The assignments are only complete or incomplete. There's no letter grade. There's no points. There's no kind of comparison. That's just all oranges and baseball bats and made up anyway. So you have your assignment. You have your clear guidelines. This is how you complete the assignment. And you get as many tries as you need to make that shot. Right? And then we all celebrate when we all complete the assignment. So I let the class know, you know, so say we've had a, um, some sort of vocab quiz, and here's what you need to do to complete that. And then maybe you need to take another shot at it. And then we celebrate when we've all got across the finish line as a team, right? So it's just, the, the, just the, the, the energy of the whole thing gets transformed. Just people's level of lightness and play and participation and openness and willingness. I mean, all of the things that make learning um, possible, right? Yeah, <laughs> make learning. Because that's one of the things, and as you're talking, it's like I keep it. It's, you're putting the learning back in learning. Mm. So instead of it being a contest, mm -hmm. that truly, I mean, in my experience, almost all of the attention is diverted away from learning. It's no longer about learning. Right. It's about that, those dualities you were talking yeah. about. And generally, it gets closed down to fear and competition yeah. and like that. And you're putting the learning and the play back into it. Right. It's like learning so often in the, in the you know, conditioned world is reinforcing the illusion of a separate self, right? Um, and reinforcing inadequacy and reinforcing efforting in order to get out of that inadequacy. But if we just start from we're playing practice pickleball, let's see how many points we can get as a team today. And mm -hmm. um, let's just celebrate every, every, every step. Um, I could, you know, talk about this for a very long time. Much in it. And, you know, one of the pieces I really loved was it goes from a slog to a party. Yeah. And I'll bet you anything that's what the students are experiencing mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. Because now it's like they want to come, yeah. right? Oh, we're going to play in our language instead of like, oh, now we have another 50 minutes of this language thing. Mm -hmm. Because everyone is invited to the net. And that place of one of the things I love in how we play pickleball is, you know, we, we all, quote, miss shots all the time. But it's, there's a sense of humor with it. There's a lightness. And there's also an eagerness, like, hit that to me again, right? I want to, instead of shying away from the shot that I haven't made, there's a moving towards it because you know you're going to make it and you're excited for that. Yeah, it's all a big, all a big yes. And just in the specifics of language learning, so say somebody starts saying something and, and, and maybe they... Um, you know, start to use English. And I know that one of the, that, that what they're attempting to say is one of the phrases that we're training with. So it's like pausing and like kind of inviting that yes and like, come on, we're all going to get a point here. We know you can do it, right? And then there's that moving towards it. It's not a, it's not a contest. It's not about, um, 
It's not about that little me. It's just... Um, yeah. You know, one of the things we said on the pickleball court is, imagine if world diplomacy played mm-hmm. by these rules, right? I want to lob those folks, quote, on the other side of this issue, a ball that they can get back to me. Oh, yep. my gosh. I mean, we would just be living in a different world. Right. Right, because it's not about trying to make somebody else miss a shot. Right. <laughs> to make me, you know, kind of yeah. uh, the winner. Yeah. Well, it's so exciting, Anna, and it's, you know, I know it's going to crop up everywhere for all of us now. <laughs> I know Sherry's going to be writing about it, and the application of it is humongous everywhere. So it's really fun that it dropped in for you. You brought it to your classroom. You're talking about it here, and I, I bet it's just going to spread like wildfire from here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today to talk about it. Pleasure anytime. <laughs> Truly. Thank you. And Michael, we'll turn, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwani. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, Anna. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwani, what I loved about that conversation is the focus on everyone winning, that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. It's such a helpful concept. Oh. Yeah, it's just so fun. Having been on that pickleball court and played pa- uh, practice pickleball, it's just, it is truly a uh, a wonderful experience of oneness of the we that Anna was pointing to. Wonderful. That's great. And we have another caller here. Next caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Michael and Ashwini. This is Judy from California. Hey, hey Judy. Judy. I want to, you know, Ashwini. When I was at Summer of Sangha, I always loved the Q and A process. So I want to continue in that vein. And okay. the, the, what I what I'd like to work on is that you know, I've been watching Eagle for a lot of years now, and the guidance I received is that. Um, to, to, watch, to watch the space between the thoughts so that I'm actually watching, a, I'm watching awareness rather than watching ego. And mm. I don't know how to do that. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, how do you watch ego? Well, there is, there is a distance. I mean, I can, I can see that something happens and I can watch my reaction to that and of course it's always negative or not enough so I know that that's ego and I can catch it and redirect my attention but it's at that place rather than another step back of watching it all like on a movie screen you know I don't I don't I haven't developed that distance yet does that make sense sort of right Judy but my question still Okay. Because because and and just just don't not to go to conditioned mind about it, right? But what watches ego? Like how are you watching ego? And that's a tricky question, tricky phrase for question, right? Because it's almost like what watches ego. Mm-hmm. What? Right? Because if I say I'm watching ego. It's it's almost as if it's it's a it's a very tricky it's it's almost not accurate, right? Right. Yes. It's like a it's like a space that watches ego. It it feels like a stepping back out of the okay. 
it's a space rather than a personification of ego or a person watching ego. Bingo. Okay. There's the space between the thoughts. Oh, oh. I can see that I was thinking the space between the thoughts meant nothing was going on. And that was, was always yeah. hard to... <laughs> there you go. Right? I mean, I always, I always joke that it, it's almost when, you say, when we use the phrase space between the thoughts, it's like thought, space, thought, space, and some perspective that is watching it like clouds in the sky, right? You see blue sky uh -huh. and white clouds, blue sky and white clouds. Right. Rather than what we actually mean as space between the thoughts is that where the attention is, is on the space that contains all, contains everything. Oh, including the, including the clouds, including the thoughts, you mean? That's exactly right. And, 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 and I, we can't even talk about it because you got there. The space that is seeing the thoughts. Now, now you can have the experience of, redirect, I mean, when you redirect the attention from the thoughts, what are you redirecting the attention to when you say this here now? Oh. Well, sometimes I redirect it to other thoughts. And sometimes I just, I redirect it to um, my senses, to just looking, for example, or feeling my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. At which point, what is sensing or feeling or uh -huh. feet on the ground? Well, it, 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 boy, it gets hard to talk about. It is like a, an awareness of it. It's, it's not actually the feet on the Precisely. ground. but Yes. Yes. Okay. I think you can smell what I'm cooking, right? Maybe. You think I can what I'm cooking? You can get a you I think you get a sense of what I'm pointing at. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, it's, which it's I just, think is the most important thing, which is I actually know what it what, I know what the what awareness is. And so that that uh that space between the thoughts is really that emptiness that you're talking about, that space that there is, it is possible to direct attention to, which is not watching the ego, but attention on awareness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, it still seems tricky, you know, like it comes and then it's gone. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And, and I would project that it's the awareness that transforms, right? So now you were looking as I was asking that question to go to your experience of what attention on awareness is. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how you would find it. Okay. So is there a practice around that that I can do? Or is this the same that we always do? I set my alarms and then I... Uh, well, you could, you can, so on a training level, you uh -huh. can do, uh, you can, you can set it, set it up to pause and train that way if you want to, because there's always a structure, right? If you say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put my attention on the space between the thoughts. If we don't even know what the, so, so the, the first question I asked was, at, was attempting to articulate or clarify what do we mean by space between the thoughts? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like, because it's such a, as you said, you can't talk about it. You have to feel it. You have to actually follow the attention. So unlike a behavior change, say, which has a, a, an easy structure of practice for training, like a, you know, an A-B testing or mm-hmm. X number right. of times I do X and Y number of times I do Y, or I set the alarm and pause. You could set the alarm and pause. Because what you could do is to to learn to get familiar with what it feels like when attention is on awareness. Okay. Okay. So what I'm understanding is that awareness is going to... So I had it since there was a a thought like a cloud and then there was space until the other thought came up. And what I'm hearing you say is that awareness includes all of that. Because as soon as I saw a thought, I would make it wrong. Yeah, because you know, conditioning would get in there. Oh, you shouldn't have a thought. You should just have the space, and then I'd be gone. Well, let's break, let's break that down, right? Because <laughs> what's really happening there is there's awareness. A, a thought, a, you notice awareness is aware of a thought. Then awareness huh? is aware of a thought that that thought was wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. And then if you become, if we, if we identify with the thought stream, that we've moved from awareness witnessing the thought to I'm thinking that there's something wrong with this. Yes. Which is also simply a thought. Okay. Yeah. You're no longer in space at that point. <laughs> we're, right. We're in the thought stream. The awareness is the awareness aware of the thought is what disappears. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then we become we, we have a narrative that says, oh, I'm watching the thoughts and conditioned mind. I'm not watching the space between the thoughts. I'm doing something wrong. And now we're just in the thought stream talking about the me that's having the thoughts. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is why it's, it's important to clarify what you're training to do because it's because you have the experience of simply being aware of the thought and, and then attention resting on that awareness, which feels like the space that contains the thought. Mm-hmm. And you also mm-hmm. have the experience of having the attention on a thought and redirecting the attention to your feet and then deepening that attention on awareness, which also feels like a spaciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like your yeah. training. Yeah, that's what you're training to get really familiar with, which is simply the attention resting on awareness rather than attention being attention being on a thought. Okay. 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 Right? You know, right. You know, years ago, I don't know if it was you or I don't know who said it, but I wrote it down. We 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 get to turn our attention from exploring how we cause ourselves to suffer to exploring how we live in freedom. And that resonated so much with me, and that's what I see as my training place now. Because the space between the thoughts is the freedom. That's exactly right. Okay, okay. And oftentimes, so you're going to love next week's assignment, the practice of pure (laughs) attention, because that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Because why is it pure attention? Attention can be, it's always attention on something. But in awareness practice, we're talking about attention on awareness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, we, so when we start practice, 
what we're, what we, when we say pay attention, what we really mean is be aware. Be aware of where the attention is. Most of the time, attention is on a, on conditioned, on a conditioned stream of thinking, and there's no awareness. So I just, I'm going about, it's like the middle room place, right? I'm going right, about, right. I'm thinking this, I'm whatever. There's no awareness that I'm thinking. But as soon as mm-hmm. I, I become aware of attention, I'm paying attention to where the attention is. And the attention is often on conditioned mind. Right. But as soon as I can, I'm aware of where attention is, attention can attend to that awareness, which is what the space between the thoughts really is. Okay. This is high level, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, you, we're, we're talking about something that is so hard to articulate, and so uh-huh. maybe um, we, we, we can keep looking at it. Okay, and I'm glad it's recorded. But you know, I get glimpses of it. So, and I have had that experience from time to time. So I'll I'll just keep working on this and report if that's all right. Absolutely, and uh, and think of it as koan practice because it is yeah. a koan practice. Uh-huh. You can't. But I think what we did in this conversation is reframe the koan. Yes, yes, it feels more. Uh, approachable to me now or more doable or it reminds me that I have had this experience and now I have an idea of where to look. That's right. Okay. Look at looking. Yes. 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 Got it. Oh. oh. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> Go Bye. happy. Bye. Thanks, Michael. Bye. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Judy. And uh, Ashwini, I think I have another koan to look at also. So uh, thanks for that one. Thanks, Michael. It's fun. Yes. Yes, it is fun. And we have another call here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Shwini. It's Renee in Oregon. Hey, Renee. Hey. Um, Well, I wanted to call in because I have had quite a few days of expanded awareness and no thinking. Um, oh, lovely. Yes. And so I'm celebrating, in a sense, by calling in and sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been really different, it seems, than any, I mean, other than being on retreat. But even on retreat, it feels different than this um, from the past, um, related to uh, how I can just, notice the thinking really quickly and drop it and just be here and experience life. And it feels like expanded awareness of not just the thinking, but everything that's going on, you know, just, and then the future, Mm -hmm. the past, sort of like this, um, like you guys were just talking about, it's hard to to explain it, but uh, very expanded. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, 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 other than just enjoying it, right, Renee, there's not much else you can say about it because it's such a hard one place. Yeah. Um, well, I can say that I'm happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not suffering and, mm-hmm. um, and that it's real easy to see when thinking comes in and, I, and the triggers come in to try to engage me in thinking mm-hmm. and I can come back here really easily much more easily 
so it's like there's like to me there's like different types of thinking and some of it is stronger as far as triggering obsessive thinking sort of like Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are usually that I mostly suffer with, even though the more subtle ones we're also suffering with, like the underlying, like, you should work out or you should do this, you know, those little mm-hmm. really subtle ones. But then there's the ones that are, oh, this is definitely a thinking pattern that causes me suffering. And mm-hmm. and so I can see, like, all the different types of thinking and triggers and um, and and it feels it feels like nothing can really bother me or hurt me or, you know, because the ego is mm-hmm. not there with its defensive ways and mm-hmm. all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's so that fun. expanded awareness, yes, very fun. Yeah. That expanded awareness allows us, it's almost the story in I don't want to, I don't feel like it, right? That when we are in that place where we could appreciate the garden, uh-huh. you can enjoy the flowers and you can pull the weeds. And it's just what you do in the garden. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. not like the weeds are a problem and you're efforting to take care of the weeds. Right, right, right? exactly. Which is yeah. sort of what, what we feel like when, when there's supercharged content and we're totally mm-hmm. identified. We're not in the perspective of being the garden and in rela- you know, enjoying the garden in relationship to the weeds. We're in relationship to the weeds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's just... And and, it's just, and I guess the thing about that, right, Renee, is not to get attached to that place. Right. Yeah, there's been this, like, um, I don't know if it's, it's not clinging, but it's like, I, I, it was more of a wondering how long is this going to be here like this? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully that yeah. was registered as thinking too. Yes, yes. Everything's yeah. registered as thinking. Yes, that's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it'll just and that's why I think um, you know Sherry often says we're not going for a particular experience, right? Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. there's a there are times in our practice where that expanded awareness is available, and there are times in our practice where it's like, even for years on end, it feels like we just can't get out of the um, the yeah. crucible that I'm in, right? right? right. Yes. Yeah. And so the the um, that place that we do, that Cherry often encur- encourages us to um, practice with is fascination with it all. Uh-huh. It is very fascinating, and and it and it doesn't feel like I had any control over it at all. Like, um, mm-hmm. so I was actually suffering pretty, pretty heavily right before. So, mm-hmm. um, and it just it just came in. I think this is what happened. Um, it just came in of I really want to enjoy this, and I'm just not going to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have, yeah, I, I happened to be uh-huh. with my son, with my son, and I was like, I was suffering, and I was like, you know. I just want to enjoy this, and I just am not going to think about anything. And then it started. That kind of started. I, you know, I, I think that's how it happened. I'm not exactly sure, but um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know for sure. I mean, you know, we call it grace. We call it um, mm-hmm. consolation, you know, whatever. Yes, yes, help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it just, it just feels like expanded awareness, looking at awareness and attention and thinking and 
all of the all the things we talk about and and all the and when I hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that that's what's happening right now. Like, don't engage in the conversation. Don't you know all those things? So, um, and I, I like you said, I have no idea what mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. enjoy. Just enjoy. I'm definitely enjoying it. It is, it well, wonderful. I'm enjoying it too, uh, Renee, just hearing you talk about it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So happy. You too. Thanks for joining us, Renee. And Ashwin, we have time for at least one more caller here. Okay. Next caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Let me try this again, Ms. Whitney. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? And double muted. Hello? Oh, there we go. Hello? Yes, who is this? It's Jodine in California. Hey, Jodine. Oh, great. Um, hi. Uh, okay. I will just launch into my, um, I was going to call it my report from the crucible. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, which is, um, uh, I was hoping to kind of rewind um, a couple weeks to when we were looking at the the precept of not to publish other people's faults. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and there were a couple of discussions that week that grabbed me, um, and uh, and I've I've also had known kind of this karma for a while. Um, the first was this precept is not a problem for me because I don't criticize people, but. Mm-hmm. If then somebody turns around and starts criticizing me, mm-hmm. that's when I see, you know, how how difficult it is for me. Um, very big thing. So the um, so cri- when it's when someone criticizes you, Jodine, are you saying that you start criticizing them, or it becomes a big deal? For you that you feel criticized both right uh-huh. so, so it's a big deal like it's it feels really karmic um, mm-hmm. that I'm getting criticized um, you know a whole lot of emotion comes up for that person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I think that's um, basically the, um, you know, I love the turning towards happiness um, with the the inspiration and the key and stuff for each precept. Mm-hmm. And this precept ends says uh, the inspiration is there are no victims or perpetrators. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens for me is, like, let's say somebody close to me criticizes me a lot. Um, I, I end up in this karmic place, and I say, you know, stop, please don't, or whatever, you know, in different ways, and then they don't stop. Um, 
and and then they become the perpetrator. Then I become the victim. They're the perpetrator. They won't stop, and and in my head, you know, I'm criticizing everything about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So important to see. It's so something that we 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 don't face when we are in the victim position. How often we're also the perpetrators, right? Um, oh uh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like the victim yeah. place grabs the attention, right? Yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you know, yeah. Well, um, it's completely justified then what I do because I'm the one who is wounded. Exactly. And the and the key to this precept is kindness. And I can be so unkind. Or or Jodine, ego can be so I so unkind. Because ego is so unkind, right? Right, right. Yeah, there's an identification, you know, that happens. Yeah. There's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of looking for um, a way to practice with it because it comes up lots. Um, and I've, I've tried a couple of approaches to it that don't seem to really have worked very well. Mm-hmm. What have you tried? Um, well, the first thing was I started listening very closely to what the person was saying to me, um, mm-hmm. and and saying, "Is this really a crit- is is this person really criticizing me?" And what I got to was actually what I could reframe it almost always to: mm-hmm. if I were doing what you were doing, I'd do it a different way. Mhm. Mhm. Uh-huh. And it doesn't work because well Okay, I can say I can say nothing at that point and just say, okay, this person is projecting onto me and and wants me to do it that way. Um mm-hmm. wants me to conform to their conditioning. Um and I, I don't need to say anything about that, just acknowledge that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also then, at some point, I was, I was saying my little script and saying, oh, are you saying that if you're doing, I would say this out loud, you know, are you telling me that if you were doing what I'm doing, you would do it a different way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh-huh. and then yes. they got angry. Of course, yes, yes. <laughs> It's the same thing as if you reflect back exactly what they're saying in their own words. People go, what are you doing? What are you doing, right? It's the same yeah. process. So let, let, let me just ask you, Jody, really clearly, I mean, just to clarify me, when, when someone is coming at you with criticism, is it possible for you to, so when you're listening closely, you're actually listening it sounds like you're listening but believing them. You're reframing it, but there is a content 
the the focus is on the content. Is that accurate? You mean like I feel like I should be doing it that way? Well, no, but I, I would let's just say somebody says, why why do you keep moving the chair? <laughs> and yeah. so then you're listening to that. Okay, it's about the chair, and it's about moving the chair, and the person is is telling me it's not he's not saying you're an idiot for keep for moving the chair. The person is just talking about the chair, and so I can see how if uh, whatever you know, if you were me, you wouldn't move the chair like that. And there's a rationalization going on, but it's at the level of the content. The chair is there is a chair. There's an issue. This person has an issue. They're projecting, whatever it is, but it's centered mm-hmm. around the content, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that w- there's the content, and then there's an emotional kind of reaction where mm-hmm. I become really young, and mm-hmm. I say, what do you mean I did it wrong? I didn't do it wrong. Mm-hmm. You're doing it wrong. You know, like I become, you know, mm-hmm. like a yeah. hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you don't want that little person in the conversation at all, right? Which, no. is, which is what I'm asking, which is what I'm clarifying, because if we want to practice with it, you might try a, a, different, a bunch of different ways, right? Because if someone is coming at you with what feels like criticism and you know you're reactive to it, you want a strategy at that point for the attention to be to be here rather than attention to be drawn into the ego reaction because as soon as the criticism comes at you and if it's a close if it's a person who's close to you now you're completely trained to karmically react to that with a with whatever your programming is right it oh, doesn't yeah. have to go more than two sentences in before or even the look and you're right there, right? Completely identified and react and reactive. So yeah. that that's what that's what I would be interesting to play with in terms of the handle that you have the attention on. I mean, that person might be coming at you and want you to listen, but you could look very absorbed and or interested. And but the most of the first step might be some handle by which you can get to stay here, which you start counting the breaths. You look down, make a fist with your left hand and see if you can keep the fist. There is no necessity to respond yet or facilitate the situation or anything because it sounds like the most important practice place for you is to just stay without going to conditioned mind or conditioned reactivity in that instance. That would be so helpful. Right, and so I remember the guy once giving me some, uh, giving me this in a, a when I was dealing with a difficult employee, right, a, a, almost a bully, and it was like, can you can you think of this as you're in a play? It's completely a comedy. Whatever that person is saying is funny. Mm. Hmm. Something, some framework that allow allows you to be able to be present to the situation but not in the in the conditioned way yeah i mean when you said in you, fact you, breath, you, I mean, you could 
you could you could listen to the person whatever the person says tag on I choose unconditional you know silently reflect what they say and say I choose unconditional love at the end of it. In other words, you're reflecting silently reflecting everything, but you're at but you hum it, or you mm-hmm. sing it, or you miss mispronounce a particular word in your reflection as a way to remind yourself that you're not going to believe anything that person is saying. All you're doing is staying present so that the e- e- the ego reaction doesn't get triggered. Yeah. I think but have a handle. Have a handle. Right. Yeah. I think that was kind of how I started because I used to reflect silently. But um, I don't know. It just didn't change up the situation. Um, but adding yeah. I choose unconditional love would would probably change the situation. <laughs> so. Well, and I project you're going to have to watch it, right? Because what, what, the, the, what, ego, what the conditioning can do is to take whatever handle you have and not make it work. So you might have to change up the handle once in a while. But just, just practice being able to face the criticism without taking it personal. Right? That's what you're, what right. you're attempting to do. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing that comes... Because if you engage... Yeah, we're at time, but if you... We can continue this conversation, but if we engage with it in any way, right, attempt to defend it, rationalize our position, uh, dissect what they're saying, just even simply reflect what they're saying, or it, it, it's, a, it, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I have, I have right. good ideas there. Thank you. Thanks, Jordine, and, and let's check in again um, at our next op- at the next opportunity. See where you what you're doing with that one. I I will. I'll be practicing. Okay. Great. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jordine. Thanks for joining us, Jordine. And I am unable to meet you, Jordine. So if you could meet yourself, that would be great. And Ashwini, that was a fabulous conversation and a fabulous show. And I'm really grateful for all of it. Me too, Michael. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, Go thank ahead. you, everyone. Thank you, Michael. Go happy.